0: Good evening, church. <laughs> How are you all doing? Adam, can I ask indulgence for a few minutes, please? That's my wife. Just will you just <laughs> play some, will you play some music for me? Uh, just yeah, try? yeah, yeah? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: so the, the last time I did this, I think Eric Parkinson was preaching. And I have played for the whole of preach, so please don't. do that. <laughs>
0: strange <laughs> um, i've got a sermon that i prepared um, and as i was sitting during the worship um, god just started giving me loads of prophetic words for people and i was uh i went to the back and i spoke to i i was like i don't know what to do <laughs> and tony even um, looked over to me to ask if i was okay but i was just so much in the moment um was just yeah. So when Tony got up and said that um, he could just feel the breath of God moving, it was just an absolute confirmation of um, of what God kind of was speaking to me about. And I don't know if I'm gonna get to my sermon, <laughs> um, but I believe that everybody who's here today—forgive um, me if I start crying—but when God's spirit is just moving, for me it just it just comes out in. Tears. Um, it's not an accident you're here today. And it may sound like a cliche thing to hear or to say, but God has wanted you here because He wants to touch you today. And He wants to touch you individually where you are. Um, <clears throat> first person that God laid on my heart was Kim. <laughs> and I know we've not spoken much personally but what I feel God telling me to say to you is that for a while you've been quiet and you've been observing things and you've not wanted to say things and you've wanted to be respectful and really get involved with some some things and, and I feel God saying to you that that's good but he wants you to act and there's some things that He's you've been thinking of how to resolve situations and what to do. And God is saying, okay, there's a time for quietness. There's a time to get going. And he wants you to move and he wants you to act. Um, Vicky, I felt like God telling me to tell you that you're, you're on the cusp of a new precipice with him. And there's new visions and there's new things that he's gonna birth inside of you in this new season that he's bringing you to. And I see your ministry expanding beyond the walls of just this church. And I see your influence expanding just beyond the walls of this church. And he's going to take you from just being here to being more known. But because you've labored over his church for so many years, he has a greater reach for you. And I believe that as you spend more time with him, He's going to continue to show that to you more and more. But the vision I just have is you in a massive arena. And you're just, you're preaching and and you're just praying for people. And I believe that God is going to take you to a brand new season in him where the people that you've known in the past, where you thought you were supporting them in their ministries, they're going to turn around and start supporting you in your ministry as you grow and develop in that. Tony, I felt God telling me to tell you that you have been concerned over his church, and you have toiled, and you've prayed, and you've cried. Not, not just this church, but his church your whole life. You've wanted to see God, and you've had a standard of holiness, and just the word of God that you wanted to see um, so much. And number one, because of that, he's concerned for your family. And he's going to look after that. But then I feel God also telling me to tell you that there's things you need to do, and there's difficult things you need to do. But he's put in you wisdom, and he has gone before you spiritually to prepare the way for those things that you need to do. But know that you're covered. Know that you're covered. And whatever the enemy is going to try and do as a a retaliation, know that you're covered. So feel free to rise up and go because you're covered. Um, For Katie, I thought God telling me to tell you that things that you've been telling yourself are not true. And God loves you so much. (laughs) And he loves you. hide yourself in him and continue to get in your word the bible talks about being washed with the word and what that means is when you're reading your bible so much and you're so much hidden in god that everything that you have in your natural sense begins to be erased because all that's left inside of you is, is the word of god so the word of god literally washes you and I forgot to say to you that he wants to have just an intimate relationship with you. And I remember when I was growing up and I had, I had so many insecurities and it got to a stage um, where God really had a very intimate relationship, <laughs> thanks, with me. And I, I kid you not, God would wake me up in the middle of the night and he would just whisper in my ear, I love you. I'd be walking about and I would just see God. And it would be little things like, I love butterflies. And I'd be having a bad day. And a butterfly would just come and land on my shoulder. And I knew that was God telling me that he was there and he loves you. But don't let the enemy whisper in your ear anymore. Because God loves you and he's got, he's got massive, amazing things feel God telling me to tell you that (laughs) that you shouldn't be angry and you have been but he's put a vision inside of you and it can be frustrating but he's going to tell you exactly what to do and exactly when to do it but if you stay angry he can't move the way he wants to. Mm-hmm. Let's just pray. God, we thank you because you are a God that speaks. You are a God that loves us. Naomi, feel God telling me to tell you. I just have a vision in my head of you in green pastures um, and you're just walking and there's a rainbow in the distance. And obviously we know from the scriptures that a rainbow signifies the promise of God. And what I believe God is saying that is he has a promise over your life. Um, And the verse that I felt was, um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has come, the new is here. And I feel like God is saying to you that you're in a new garden. You're in a new space. There's been things that have happened, and he's saying, Leave that behind. Forget, Forget the past. Forget the difficult things. Forget the hard things you're in christ and now you behold that means see look look around you you're in green pastures you've got a new horizon in front of you in god and there's things that he wants you to rise up and be confident in that you haven't been before but you're in this new season with god and he's saying look it's new past is gone it's a new season God, we thank you because you're just so amazing, and I didn't even know if this was gonna happen tonight. But that's why you're God, and we're just here to be your vessels. Um, we just say, Lord, have your way in this entire service and this entire meeting. We just, we just love you, God. We, we love you. We pour our praise on you because you are amazing. I just want us to take like two minutes just to love on God. Whatever comes out of your mouth, just say, Lord. I just love you. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for everything that you've taken me from. I thank you for everything that you have saved me from. Because I know that my life wouldn't be how it is now if it wasn't for you.
1: If it wasn't for you, God. If it wasn't for your grace. If it wasn't for your mercy, Lord, where would we be? We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to stand. We wouldn't be
0: able to make it, Lord. So we say thank you for your sacrifice.
1: Thank you for your word, thank you for your presence, thank you, thank you for everything that you are, Lord. We we know that we are nothing if, if we don't have you, like our lives are meaningless without you, Lord. We just give you all the glory and all the praise because you are good, no one else is good, even our goodness only comes from you, Lord. So we thank you that you are a great God, you are a great God, you are a great God, and we just praise you. We praise you this evening because you are good, and your mercies are forever, and your loving kindness is forever, and your faithfulness is forever, and even when we're not faithful, God, you are faithful, and even when we don't feel it, God, you are there, and you are always with us, Lord, and we are never alone. Even when we feel alone, we are never alone because we have you, the creator of the universe. God, the Alpha, and the Omega you were there before time and you'll be there when he ends Lord and we just describe all greatness to you because you are holy you are righteous, you are perfect you are loving you are a good God, you are a good father, you are a good father and you love us with an everlasting love and you died for us help us to know you more
0: Help us to know you deeper. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. (sighs) That
0: was a bit intense. word I had prepared. Um, it's the story of Deborah in the Bible. And it's called Positioned for Influence. And we've been talking about people in the Bible and what makes them so special. And the person, I had a few people to pick from. And when I was going through the stories in the Bible, of I was reading all their stories and Deborah just really stuck out to me. And Deborah was a wife, she was a prophet um, she was judge over Israel and the fact that she was a judge was a massive thing because we're talking thousands and thousands of years ago, really patriarchal women can't speak, women can't be seen to be in these positions of influence and there you have Deborah, slut, in the middle of this and I've called this position for influence because what I mean is that There is a space for you that only you can occupy. And in that space, you will have maximum influence in your life, in your situations, in your world. And that space was picked for you by God before you were born. And when I looked up the word influence, what it told me was that influence is a capacity to be a compelling force. And what that means is. That when you are in a space of influence, it's like you're a vessel. You have a capacity. And we are vessels to be filled by God. And when we're positioned in the right place, in that specific place that God would have us be in, he pours into us, and God pours into us, and that spills over. And from our overflow, we can begin to affect everything that's going on around us. And that's what Deborah was doing. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. There's a meaning to your life. And the Bible says that God picked that meaning. He appointed that meaning before you were born. There is a You have a destiny. There is a plan for your life. And I'm going to be speaking today about using your space, to influence, so that you will rise up and that you will conquer. Because if you're in that space that God would have you in, everything changes. And it's the space that God would have you in. Sometimes we get in positions that we put ourselves in. And I have this phrase that I use a lot with my friends. And I always say, I want to work from grace and not from mercy. And what I mean by that is, if I'm where God would have me be, then there's grace, there's strength. I have God's covering and God's backing for that. So I know that wherever I am, I'm covered. Whereas if I'm working from mercy, what that means is, I've said, I want to go here and I want God to back me up. So what I'm doing then is I'm praying for the mercy of God. Whereas if I'm working from his grace, I'm covered. So position for influence. Judges chapter 4. I'm just going to briefly summarize the story here. But we have Deborah. And the Bible makes it clear that she was a woman of many hats. So the Bible says that her name was Deborah. She was a prophetess, which means that God speaks to her. And, and she, she can able, she'd can be able to pass on those messages to other people. She was a wife and she was a judge. When I read that, the things that jumped out to me about that scripture is that the Bible made it clear. The separations and the distinct hats she made. And number one, she is important as a person because the Bible told us her name was Deborah. Number two, the Bible said that she was a prophet, which told me that you are given a calling and an assignment from God. Number three, the Bible said that she was a wife, which told me that when you've got your calling, so you are important, me, Fatmon, I'm important, I have a calling from God, and then the next thing the Bible addressed was the fact that she was a wife, and with your calling comes a responsibility. With your assignment comes something that you're supposed to use it for. So the wife was that she was given people around her to support and people to support her and you serve with your calling and the last thing that the bible made mention to was the fact that she was a judge which meant that there was a space for her to use what god had given her so you are important The calling of God on your life is important. The plans he has for you are important. And where you use those plans and where that fits in is equally important. Deborah occupied and embodied the full person that God had created her to be because she used her influence. And and this is what we're going to learn about today. But the first thing I want to say is the two things that... God attack the devil attacks most in our life is our voice and our position in life. If you think back to most of the trials and things that you've been through in life, the first thing the devil's trying to do is derail you, take you away from the plans God has for your life. Now, I remember growing up and, and being a teenager and we all had those, well not all. But we have those years in our life where you grow up in church and then you hit about 16, 17 and you grow wings and you think, I don't need God anymore. And, and you stray away and then you realize, no, I actually really do need God. <laughs> so you end up coming back. And the devil will always try and attack that position. Your are positioning God. He'll always make it hazy and fill you with doubt and fill you with all sorts of things because he knows if he can take you out, of the place that God would have you be in him, then he's won half the battle. The second thing that the enemy will always try and do is silence your voice. So the things that you should speak up about, he'll fill you with doubt, insecurities, fears, all sorts, so that you can't use your voice in the place of influence that God has called you to be. Now, We are not ignorant of the devil's devices, so we need to carry on pressing into God and learning about God so we can know that actually, the enemy's only got two tricks to distract us and derail us. Those are the only two tricks the devil has. And as long as we stay with God, that won't happen. So in this story, we've got Barak, a character, who is a military leader in the time. So he's probably like, the Secretary of State, kind of maybe that kind of figure in, in our day and age. And you've got Deborah, who's a prominent judge in the time. And Barak has had the calling to go to war. But he's afraid, so he doesn't. Now, Deborah also knew that the time to go to war was now. And she knew that God had told Barak, it's time to go to war. So what does Deborah do? She goes to Barak and says, get up, it's time to go to war. Now, her position in life was a judge and a prophet. So she had influence, and she used her influence, and she went to the king and said, get up, it's time to go to war. She actually even said to him, I know that God has told you, and I know that God has also said that when we go to war, we're going to win. But Barak was afraid. And what I want to say to you guys today is in your right position of influence, you can change things. Now, sometimes the fight isn't with you, but the influence to win the fight is. So Deborah never picked up a spear. She never picked up an arrow and fought. But she did everything to get Barak to go and fight and win the war. And she kept on pressing. And she kept on pressing him. The story then later goes on to say that when even Barak got together, and there was a time when they had met the person that they were going to fight. And Barak was, like, asleep. (laughs) And Deborah said again, get up, rise up now is the time to go to war and there are people in here and I believe this is true for all of us because we're all Christians and we're walking with God but there are times that we need to say stand up it's time to go to war enough of being passive enough of it's time to go to war And I believe what God is saying to us is in our position, when we're in the right position, we'll be able to have that voice of influence where we can see things and say, I know that God has put in you something to do. I know you're afraid. I see that. And I'm telling you, it's time to go. And I want you to think in your homes, in your work, in your life, what are those things that you need to rise up and say, actually, you need to get up and go in? Where are those spaces in your life when you need to start to use your voice to tell people, get up, it's time to wake up, get up and go. Deborah didn't have to tell him once. The Bible records that he told her, told, she told him twice. And we don't know if there were many other conversations, but we have to persevere until that influence is complete. Because a lot of us sometimes will say, well, I've done it, I said it, it's up to you. But there are times where you have to be like, no, get up. <laughs> no, get up. No, look, I'm telling you, get up. I remember times when um, when I was young and my mom used to have to try and get me up for school. And I'd set my alarm and I'd miss my alarm. And my mom would come in my room and say, fat mom, get up. It's time to go to school. And I'd be like, yeah, mom, whatever. And I'd probably roll over and go back to sleep. And then she will come back in again about 10 minutes later, Fatmon, do you know what time it is? Get up and go to school. And I'd probably half an hour later, I was just thinking, this girl's supposed to leave the house in 10 minutes. Like. And she will come back and she will pull my covers off me and be like, no, get up, it's time to go to school. And there are some of us in here where God has put something inside of us and we can see things happening and we we know the voice of the Lord has said to us, this person needs to be here, this situation needs to be like this, your life is supposed to be like this, and God is saying to you today that now is the time for you to use your voice and say get up, it's time to go to war. Now, what's interesting about this story is that Barak was the military leader, like I said, and he knew that it was time to go to war. And God had told them: when you go, you're gonna win anyway. And sometimes God gives us promises and we sit on them. Because we think that while God has said it, it's gonna happen anyway. Whereas God giving us promises should make us sit up, rise up, and go. God's promises over our life are just not for us to sit here and then expect magic and fairy tales and abracadabra, boom, everything happens. No, God gives us a promise and God gives us a word because he wants us to do something and align with him in the spirit so that heaven can come down on earth so that there will be the manifestation of what he's spoken. So in your lives, where are you at the minute? What situations are you in where God is saying, I need you to get up and rise up? Who is in your sphere of influence where you can see things? You can, you've got friends that are going down the wrong path and, and you're sitting and you're watching and you're just like, mm, they shouldn't be doing that. And you really need to be saying to them, get up, rise up, that's not good enough. We have to start using our voice in the way that God commanded us to do. Don't stop until God's purpose is achieved. Don't apologize for what God has placed inside you. Um, I think as Christians, sometimes we have a false sense of humility where we think that, okay, I'm just going to be the I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to upset anybody. But Jesus threw the tables over (laughs) in the temple because they were doing the wrong things. And what that tells me is there's a time to be the lamb, but there's a time to be the lion. And that's us copying Jesus' example. There's a time to sit and pray in your house, but there's a time to rise up and say, get up. It's time to go to war. Don't give up too soon either. Because like I said, Deborah, she told him the first time, and they all went together, and then Barak fell asleep. And if she would have said, well, do you know what? I've told him, I've done my part there. It's done. Then that war would have never been won. Don't give up too soon. Persevere. Hang in there. Stay until that assignment is completed. Because victory. Destiny depends on it. And some of us and our families and our lives and our work, we're not exactly where we should be. God has great plans for our life, but we're being too passive about it. Yeah. We're expecting God to wave a magic wand and he's saying, no, I need you to go and fight. I've already promised you the victory. I've already told you how this is going to end up. I've already told you how it's going to work out. I've already told you that you win to so get up. I go and get it. Some of us see our children, our husbands, our spouses, our friends in situations and we're just like, Egh. no, this is the time now to say, do you know what? God's put this inside me, get up and go to war. We need to fight for those things that God has put inside us, for the people that God has put on our hearts to go and get this is the call, the, 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 the great commission is go into all the world and make disciples. It's not sit down in church and come every Sunday and that's it. No, the Bible says go. We need to go. Where in your lives are you thinking, do you know what? I know what God's been saying and it's time for me to rise up. I'm telling you today, get up and go to war because the victory is already yours. So what do you have to be afraid of? What's holding you back? When Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished, it actually was finished. <laughs> he actually finished it. He actually won the victory for us. And as long as we're exact, we are exactly where we need to be in him, guess what? We've got the victory. Isn't that cool? We've won. Yeah. We have already won. Yeah. You have already one! Yeah. Yeah. You've already won. It's like I used to when I when I lived in the States, I used to run track. Um, do athletics. And sometimes when I would go for the, the athletics competitions, like you'd you'd size up all your other opponents, and you'd go online and you'd look at their their times, and how fast they run in your event. So I did the 400 m- the meters, and I, w- I would look, okay, this is, that person runs it in this time, and this person runs it in that time. And I knew my time was faster than everybody else on the track, so I would walk on that track with a bit of swagger, and I'd be like, I have already won. And when I ran, I ran from a position of confidence because I knew I had already won. And guess what? If we're in Christ, you have already won. So you walk through life with that bit of swagger, that dip in your step, (laughs) because you've already won. So you're not, you're not, you're almost fighting for formality's sake. Not because there's actually a, a war to fight, because you've already won. But, get up. Even it's for you personally. What battles have you been having in your mind? And you need to speak to yourself and say, fat man, get up. You can't stay here. You can't stay in this pit of depression. You can't stay in this pit of anxiety. You can't stay where you are. Dad, get up. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves. The Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And what that means is that David was in a bad space and he had to tell himself Knock out of it, David. So where do you need to tell yourself, get up and go to war because you've already won the victory? Where do you need to say to yourself, I'm not going to be passive about this anymore. I'm going to rise up and walk in the victory that God has already given me. And if your question is, I don't think I know the voice of the Lord, then I would say to you, get stuck into the Bible. Because the Bible is God's word and his voice to us. And the more you read the Bible, the more you know his voice. And when you then God speaks to you, you understand his voice because you've read it so much. It's like if if somebody came to me and said, I said X, Y, and Z, because I know my husband's voice and I know the way he speaks, I will know if I actually said that or not. Because I'd be like, that doesn't sound like something I would say. So if you're saying you don't know the voice of God, then I would encourage you. I'll use the Bible words, I beseech you. <laughs> Get into the Bible and know the voice of the Lord. And if your question is, how do I know I'm in the right space? How do I know it's time to use my voice? Then I'm saying to you that as a Christian, if you're where God have you would be, then you need to use your voice. And if you're somewhere and you're not having a positive influence, or you're not having an influence at all, then I would go and pray and say, God, am I where you would have me to be? I've just returned back to work after being on maternity leave, and I've been put in a very difficult branch. (laughs) Um, But my my bosses put me there because they wanted me to help turn it around. And I kid you not, by the grace of God, and I know it's only God, the first week I was there, there was already positive changes. And I had four customers call me on the phone. Two, ca- two called on the phone and two walked in the shop and said, do you know what? The atmosphere in here has totally changed. Everybody seems happy. It's like it's a totally different branch. So I know I'm in my correct position of influence because as Christians, when we walk into difficult situations, they should change. So I would say to you, are you having an influence where you you are? Is your voice and your presence bringing change? Even if it's just, it lightens up the mood. We have the peace of God in us. And when we walk into difficult situations, the peace of God should just radiate from us. I would ask you, are you speaking the right things? Has God put things in you and are you actually speaking them? This story of, of Balak and Deborah ended up with what God actually said coming to pass because his word will always come to pass. God is always speaking, but if we don't move or act in line with it, then, then we'll miss it and we'll never win. God has a plan for your life. God has a space for you to use your voice, but it's time to rise up and, and walk time to do the things that he's asking you to do. And God's plan for your life is not too big for you. Because sometimes you can think, God, how can I do this? Just me. I, I'm only little old fat man how, how can I do this on my own? And there's a guy in the Bible called Jeremiah. And he was in a similar situation. And just as Adam comes up again and it <laughs> gives us some music. I'm just going to read to you this conversation that Jeremiah had with God because Jeremiah thought that God's plan for his life was too big. Jeremiah 1, and I'm going to read verse 5 to 12 and then verse 17 to 19. And God is saying to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah says, oh, sovereign Lord, I said I can't speak because I'm too young. He's saying, how can I do this? He's saying, this, this thing is too big for me. And in verse 7, the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I say you. I send you, and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you, and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today, I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms, some You must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow others you must build up and plant. God said to Jeremiah, i put it inside you. Some things you're going to have to tear up and uproot. Some things you're going to have to build. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to me, look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, that's right and it means that I am watching and I will certainly carry out all my plans. And verse 7, God says to Jeremiah, Get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured like an iron pillar or a bronze wall you will stand against the whole land the kings officials priests and people of judah they will fight you but they will fail for i am with you and i will take care of you i the lord have God is speaking to us and saying, go, because I am with you, and I, the Lord, have spoken. And they will fight you, but guess what? They're going to fail, because God is with you, and God has spoken. So wherever you are today, I'm saying to you, get up, rise up, fight the war, because the battle is already won.